You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the Aaron Says What Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Aaron Says What Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Weinbaum, and today I, well, I kind of owe this guy one. I'm going to interview Shaquille Majori, and uh, and I'll explain why I owe him one in just a second. So let me get him on the Skype right now. On the Skype. What am I, 90? Hang on. Okay, we're back. That took us a minute, but it seemed probably instant for you. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um we have a bit of an interesting uh, story on how we connected, but we'll, we'll save that for last. I really uh, wanted to have you on. First of all, uh, can you tell me just a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so my name is Shaquille Majuri. Uh, uh, raised in Vancouver, BC, still based out of there today. Uh, I work primarily as a freelance writer for Entertainment Tonight Canada. If you're down in the States, you guys have Entertainment Tonight, so we're sort of the Canadian affiliation of that. Um I don't know, man. Broadcasting's a crazy world, so just trying to make my way through it. Uh, I co-host the Raging MMA podcast with UFC fighter Cajun Johnson on the side, um, and I've got another project that I do based out of Vancouver. So, you know, just keeping myself busy. Awesome. Well, uh, now, how did you and Cajun get together, and why did you decide to do a podcast? Uh, through great effort. Actually, Cajun was great. He was very uh, receptive, but I really love MMA. Growing up, uh, I was a huge WWE fan from about like four years old uh, to this day, as a matter of fact. But uh, as I sort of grew older and my tastes sort of matured, I really fell in love with MMA um, to the point where uh, my girlfriend was really pushing for me to do this podcast because she wanted me to talk to somebody, anybody other than her about it <laughs> on a regular basis. Uh, and so, you know, I had this idea for a while. Um, that it was sort of an area I really wanted to get into. Um, and I, I, Cajun isn't the first fighter I uh, actually reached out to, but I found out shortly after his whole uh, thing at the athlete retreat where he came out and spoke against the UFC sponsors and right. he's making news left, right, and center. That I knew about Cajun Johnson from his time on The Ultimate Fighter, but that is when I found out through those articles and that news coverage that he was living in Vancouver now. Um, and that just seemed like a match made in heaven because for me, the biggest problem with starting up MMA podcast was cause I always knew I wanted to do it with a UFC fighter, but there weren't any, I was aware of at the time that were actually based in Vancouver. So I hit him up. I went over to his, uh, TriStar Vancouver gym and we hit it off. That's cool. Now do you guys record together like in a studio or do you yes. do it remotely? Oh, okay. So we we are fortunate enough that uh, a couple friends of mine um, own a record label in West Vancouver and recording nice. studio called Four Destinations Entertainment, Four Destinations Studios. And uh, I work with them on a regular basis on a, another project called Rapid Fire, which we use as a tool to uh, showcase local rappers through video series and live events. Um, and so we talked to them and we struck a deal so that Cajun and I could record our podcast in their studio every week. And I got you. Now you have some experience obviously with, with media more than I do for sure. And uh, so I was just curious, like, you know, what struggles have you come across trying to launch a new podcast? Because 
I found that, you know, popularity in one area doesn't always translate into another. You're totally right about that. And, you know, the interesting thing about being a journalist graduate in this day and age is that it's to some degree kind of nonsense. Like you don't, if you're going a podcasting route, for example, uh, the education is great because it gives you a foundation in some things like audio editing and it right. gives you a chance to work on your uh, on your broadcasting skills, your voice. But generally speaking today, you know, most popular podcasts and media outlets that you see on the internet weren't created or developed or hosted or star someone with a broadcasting experience. So I do kind of take it as two totally different beasts. Yep. There are some things that translate over, but it is kind of new and fresh to me. Uh, I think, I don't want to say that there have been a lot of challenges so far because there haven't, but I think it's coming in with the expectation and the understanding that this may not work at all. And if it does, it's going to take a long ass time. Yeah, it's a, it's a slow build for sure. And you know, it, it seems like you started off doing everything right because you know, I've been, <laughs> well, mostly, we'll mostly, get to, we'll get but, to the pitfalls at the from end. From a podcasting standpoint, you know, it looks like you had your graphics, you had Lisbon or Lipson. I'm not sure how you say that. You know, you had, um, you, you know, you were, you were on iTunes. It looks like you have a set time you release every week. And that's usually things people don't, you know, catch on to until later. So, I mean, it looks like you got the template going, you well, know, you just got to do your research, right? Like the, the, the tools and the knowledge is yes. out there if you go and look for it. And, the thing is, especially with this podcast, is Cajun brings a lot of the value to the podcast, right? Like I, I, I'm the one who takes care of a lot of the hands-on work in terms of the editing and the social media. Some of it I'm better at than others, but there was this expectation and this responsibility for me because I'm the one who approached Cajun and because Cajun's the one with the brand that I need to stay on top of it and I need mm -hmm. to do the best because – he is lending the credibility to the podcast more than I am. So I need to make sure that I was doing right by him. All right. Well, that makes sense. Now, um, I, I guess, I guess the question was, if it wouldn't have been Cajun, then you would have probably had to try to do this remotely with somebody. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I reached out to Patrick Cote, didn't oh, hear cool. back from him, but I know he does his own podcast and he has actually a pretty good broadcasting career going on for himself in Montreal. Um, this is, MMA is a weird space because like with the internet as a whole right now is it, it's not so much the wild, wild west that it used to be in like 2006 when YouTube launched. Right. But it's just as crazy because you have all the big networks moving in, right? You found HBO, all these, the UFC, they've all are starting to understand how to monetize the mm -hmm. internet. Um, and, what that does is it brings a lot more attention to internet media, but at the same time, it pushes out the little guy. Right. Um, and so I wish something like an MMA podcast or podcasting in general, I wish it was something that I was in the position to start five or 10 years ago, not today. I know. But I think MMA in particular is still small enough that there's room to grow. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that the position I'm in now it, at this point, it's mostly about having fun and being consistent because at the at the very least, I don't expect to see any return in sort of in terms of a lot of growth for at least six months. And it could take upwards of several years. Right. So for me, all of this is a matter of doing things that I like and things that can grow my portfolio. And hopefully it'll pay off in the long term. 
Well, I, I'm not sure about you, but I had a little spike here a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But I, <laughs> I, I actually had a very significant spike a couple of weeks ago. Well, that's awesome. You know, I think it got me some new listeners, and and hopefully it got you some new listeners. Yeah, I, I really did. All right, so let, let's 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 set the groundwork for this in, in case we have some new uh, listeners or crossover listeners to our podcast. Now, Shaq, I'm not sure if you listened to my podcast last week, but it was basically ten minutes of me kind of answering your guys's questions about <laughs> how I pulled off my uh, Al Iaquinta imposter prank. I guess if you mm-hmm. want to call it that. And um, now, now here's what happened. I, it was total coincidence. I had Al Iaquinta on that week on my podcast, mainly because, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I, it just blows my mind how this all worked out. Yeah, because I do this real estate mock, uh, <laughs> um, you know, parody account of him. And right away he caught onto it and he started sending me messages and, uh, well, first he said, take his phone number down. I guess I put in the banner. He had his real estate phone number, but then oh. he kind of went on. For, I thought it was fake. Or I, didn't, I didn't know. I, anyway, and I, the thing with the parody account is I, I don't really want to, you know, make anyone cry or, or I'm not out there to be hateful. I'm just trying to be funny. I thought, mm-hmm. let's do a real estate owl. So it just so happened that week, you know, I, I, I had gotten an interview with him and then you had contacted me through the owl account. I, I assume it was you, correct? Uh, yes, I will admit to that. Okay. So, (laughs) all right. And it was through your podcast account and I'm thinking to myself, okay, he knows I'm a fake a or B, he doesn't know I'm a fake and I don't know what I'm going to do. And so, well, can I, can I explain why I reached out to that account? It's because I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but I had been told that a lot of UFC fighters have run their own fake accounts. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you can speak to that. I don't know if that's true or not. And so the person who told me that Al had a fake account said they were very confident that it was really Al running it. And, you know, I'm a journalist six yeah, days yeah. out of the week. So I'm like, whatever, let's just run with it and see what happens. Because I, I expected Cajun, once he heard your voice, would be able to tell whether or not it was you or whether or not it was really Al. But it was my fault. But I think it all worked out for the best. Yeah, are you allowed to say who told you that or no? I no, I don't want to. Okay. It, it was it was for, first and most and formally my fault. So, okay, so I want to leave it there. This. I I will admit that, uh, and he has said this on Ariel Hawani. Al does have has done the fake account thing before. Mm-hmm. And that's what garnered so much interest in mine. I think from the get go, even even Ariel Hawani at a time had gotten on there and sent me a message saying, "Al, is that you?" And at that point, the real Al Iaquinta sent me a message telling me exactly what to tell Ariel, ask Al if I am him. And then that kind of went on for that. He didn't know for a while. And there's some clips oh, I great. played. Um, you can just, you can listen back to the Al Iaquinta podcast where I played a clip of Ariel, which I got permission to use, by the way, asking Al about the real estate account. And uh, Al was totally off guard and, and didn't really know what to say. So that that's just another little tidbit. But so the coincidence is I'm interviewing him that week. I tell him that I am asked to get on your podcast and he's like, do it, do it, do it. And he's telling me what to do on the podcast. And oh, uh, so he was in on it. He was in on it. It was all, uh, that, it was all within a few days, man. This like, is incredible. I came to him with it and we talked about it on my podcast. And he's like, I'm like, you only want to fight December 2nd, right? And he's like, no, anytime in December. And then he's, you know, he's trying to tell me what to say and what to do. And, uh, I, you know, 
you had Leslie Smith on today. I actually listened and she was talking about Adam Hunter helping her with her comedy. I actually contacted him as well. I've met him a few times and he gave me some tips on kind of what to do and, and whatnot. That that's kind of why I was saying I could whip for, you know, we're doom and all that kind of weird stuff, you know? Yeah. And so all coincidence, just crazy, crazy, crazy. I even had to hold that podcast back a week and scramble for another guest just so mine wouldn't come out before yours. Yeah. So, so then it gets a little more deep. I, you know, I look on your Twitter feed, I look at your lips and page, and I got to figure out when you release yours, and I can't jump the gun. Well, you kind of jumped the gun on yours by a few hours. I'm like, oh man, these guys are going to catch a lot of shit for it. I better, I better rush and hurry up and, and release mine. So what I didn't know was about all the press releases and, and everything you sent out beforehand. So I do feel a little bad about that. Oh, that's okay. You don't, <laughs> have, you don't have to feel bad about anything. This is the thing. You did a remarkable job. And the fact that Ally Kinto was involved makes it so much better. Uh, yeah. We we reached, like I said on the podcast, I reached out to the, pre- to the press and I yes. said, you know, our bad, but we're going to run with it. Uh, and like we talked about, I think it really benefited both of us in the long I run. It did. I, you know, when I when I had any hesitation about doing it, I'm like, you know what? He's at the time we were maybe seven episodes in. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not getting a ton of viewers yet. This Mm-mm. could be a win win for both of us, and and it'll bring attention to you. For sure. And, you know, just listening to Cajun and just the way he interacts with me on Twitter, he seems very good natured. I don't know if good natured is a word or just Zen, where it just kind of all kind of rolls off of him. Yeah. yeah. He's a nice guy. I mean, I, I got very good vibes from Cajun. <laughs> so going into this, I didn't know anything except for what I heard from the two Ariel Hawani interviews mm-hmm. that he did. I, I knew there was an incident and I, I, I listened to Ariel sporadically, just not like all the time. And, uh, so you guys caught me off guard with a few things. Number one, when you asked me if I was really ally Quinta, I, I about broke right there and I made a vow. I'm not, you know, I, I'm going to go out of this thing swinging. I'm not going to be ridiculous. Yeah. And I figured, you know, I tried practicing my owl impression. There's certain people I can imitate. I, he was not one of them. So I'm like, I'm going to mic up. I'm going to turn down the gain. I'm going to tape over my video just in case you guys wanted to do video. I had to make up a Skype. <laughs> so, oh, man. It, it was, really laid the foundation here for all this. I did, man. I wanted this to go <laughs> off well. And, and then I just kind of hoped for the best. So I knew either, number one, you're going to call me out on being a fraud or you're just like, nah, I know you're a fake and we were just going to have a good conversation. Or you guys really wanted to have Al on and you're going to suspend Oh, we really brief. did. Yeah. <laughs> so... I, mean, I apologize in a way, but I no. And, and let me say, we still do want Al, and yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what they would be like speaking together in a, in a, you know, one on one on a podcast. I don't know. What I can say is, I have absolutely no stake in it in terms of right uh, being on Team Cajun, so to speak. I consider Cajun a friend, but. You know, I want a good conversation. So if there is any way that you could help facilitate getting Al on the show, I don't think he'd go for it. No. But man, we would love to have that interview one of these days. You know, he's kind of really would. He's kind of been radio silent. I think he's you know, he's probably six weeks out from a fight. So yeah. maybe after that, I'd, I'd feel a little more comfortable doing. No, that that's okay. Thing. No rush. Yeah. But I God, I think it'd be such a good episode. I do too, man. And. That was the other thing too. You started, you guys started asking me about fighter unions and I knew a little bit about it. And I was just like, uh, nah, I can't really, you know, I can't really say. Oh, and then, it was uh, good. The, the, knocking the sandwich out of his hand, I kind of knew about that. I just had to roll with it, man. <laughs> and, and you uh, did well. That's the thing. Like we were impressed by how much you knew 
about not just Al, yeah. but sort of the dynamic between Al and Cajun. Well, I have a lot of drive time and, uh, you know, a lot of those interviews that he had done recently were, were about that fighter retreat and, and the squirt guns and the hamburger and, and, and everything else. So I, I don't know, man. It was just a lucky deal. It was just one of those things where everything came together. Oh, and then the stepbrothers thing at the end, man. Uh, I, I, I just instinctively, you know, I'm like, uh, well, I actually had, and this was the thing. This is a drop on my, on my soundboard here. I'm going to, it's here. It's going to go right now. Did we just okay. become best friends? Yep. And so I just go, yep. You know, and, and you guys started laughing. Oh, I like, love it. And I'm like, shit. And, 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 the, and thank God it ended like right there. Cause I, I didn't think it, it was just a deal. I mean, it was a good deal. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was good natured in the end. Uh, Al was ready to go when both podcasts came out. And, uh, <laughs> And, so what what was Al's? Did you talk to Al at all after the podcast came out? Yeah, he, he listen. I recorded my end just in case, and um, you know, so he could hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he heard it beforehand, so I knew that you guys had recorded probably before and probably after. So I kind of sweated yeah. a little bit, and I heard the first few minutes of yours, and you're like, I'm skeptical. This is the real Al. I'm like, oh shit. You know, and, and I was I was afraid of what you guys were going to say after, but it, it went off. And, you know, at the very least, mate, he commented on – he put it on his Twitter. I mean, he did. He he actually helped us a lot that week. Yeah. And, um, you know. So so thank you, Al. Like, I, I genuinely appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, you did, man. But, I mean, I, I think in the end he – you know, he pulled. He helped pull one over on us. So I'm sure he's happy with the outcome. I, of all I'm this sure too. he is, but you know, in the end, he gets some visibility out of it. You guys get some visibility out of it, and he's, you know, he seems like he's a smart guy, and it just went off well. So, and, and that was it. And then uh, Ariel helped you guys out too. Ariel helped us out too. Yeah, Ariel heard my podcast. I'm, I, I'm afraid because I'd love to actually like have a real conversation with Ariel one day and I'm hoping he doesn't look back on this. He's like, oh yeah, you're that guy who fucked up. No. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that. No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, absolutely. I don't like that talk. No, we're good to cuss on this. It's fine. So, um, I will tell you about, on that, I sent him a direct message and I kind of helped you out there and said, one of these is Al and one of these is not. I sent him a copy of mine and then a copy of yours and so clearly he listened to it, man. And oh, well, uh, he did because him and him and Cajun were texting back and forth about it too. Oh, okay, I didn't know yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah, Ariel. Well, yeah, Ariel and Cajun are in touch. So Cajun's oh, uh, okay. Cajun's actually surprised. A lot of uh, fans might not know about Cajun because he most a lot of his fights have been overseas, and then right. he only recently fought Canada for the first time. But he's been, you know, he's been around MMA for a decade, so he's right. pretty well connected with all of the with all the people in the sport. That's cool. And, uh, well, it was funny too. He tweeted out, fuck you, Ariel, or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, but that was hilarious, man. And, you know, and that's when, uh, he, I didn't even see this tweet until like a day or two later where he said something like, uh, I thought he was fighting Iaquinta Realty and then he goes too soon or something like that. And and that was really good. Dude, how much visibility did that get you? That's crazy. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't, it's so because you know we tried a couple different things that week in terms of increasing yeah. our visibility. Yeah. Um. One of them is we would t- we used to share our our iTunes link. Um. But I realized that you know that's not very effective if the people listening don't have right 
the podcast app or don't have an iTunes account. And so we, that's the same week we switched to forwarding people to our Libsyn website right? because at the very least it plays on all platforms. Um, but I can tell you that our episode with Al generated at the time about four times as many listens as all of our other podcasts. Wow. Yeah. That's so, great, man. It was great. And and I think there was a trickle over because uh, we've been consistently hitting. Uh, I don't want to say like our most recent ones have been as successful as the mm-hmm. Al one, but they've been more successful than every other podcast we had had episode we had launched prior to the Al interview. Yeah. I, the same with me, too. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like been a halo effect. It's been a nice yeah. one, too. And I will and, tell you this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I didn't really get Twitter until right. before all this happened. Right. Um, but I, I'm starting to see the value in it and this little community that has started to form around this. Do, do you host, do you run any other fake accounts or just the Al? But all right, name a fake account and I'll tell you if I run it. Dana White. That's me. <laughs> We've got one guy, one guy is giving us a lot of credit. So I want to thank you because you've actually done a lot for our podcast. <laughs> Well, you followed me, and I thought, see, you did. You, if you would have listened to my podcast, I, I laid it all out there last week, man. I I, I talked. About I will it. go back and listen to it. 100%. You, got, you got to, man. It's only ten minutes that one, but uh, and the Al one's good too, where he tells me what to exactly what to do. So that's a good one too. But um, all right. So the Dana White account. Let me tell you about that one. That one, and I I sort of got I got Adam Hunter's permission on that deal because he's like the four minute mile of the MMA joke. Nobody was really doing it before him. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, no disrespect to you. I want to do this, make a few MMA jokes, but what that account does, it's up to like 7,000 followers or something crazy now. But for everybody that follows me, I give them like a specific thanks for following. And then I make fun of their picture or their Twitter profile or, or whatever it is. Like, you know, thanks for following, concentrate on the road instead of taking goofy selfies or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but that account is, in with a lot of the MMA groups. Um, and I noticed you've been getting active with those on Facebook as well. Yeah, trying to, it's, it's a little hard, you know, like I, I, I work not including all the side projects I do. I work at least 45 hours a week behind the computer. And so I want to be more involved with those podcast communities and, uh, you know, Facebook subcat groups in general, but it's just hard to make the time for it. And it's only recently that I've started to understand things like Twitter because now that I am connected with MMA fighters, Mm -hmm. it's great that I can, you know, I can be watching a fight on a Saturday night and tweet Elias Theodoru about the results and he'll tweet me back and we'll spark up a conversation. Like I'm really starting to get it, but until it kind of develops organically, it's hard to get yourself into those communities. Uh, Elias is another one. He's got a very good sense of humor also. He does. And he, uh, he actually followed the, I, I've got, I knew I was onto something because half of Sarah Longo started following that Al account within like hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, and then I figured it out because, um, another fake Al account followed me. And then I figured out in the end it was him. It, it was like a, it was like a, Mexican out it like spoke it spoke Spanish it was it's hilarious so I, I can't remember the name of the account I'd plug it but I don't think he does much with it anymore but yeah I will tell you that Dana account you know it's been around a while I, I know who the followers are and it's like a launching pad for anything I want to do MMA so you know I, like on my real account you know the, the one that says Aaron Weinbaum I could tweet something out and be lucky if I get one or two unless there's a hashtag and a joke behind it you know what I mean hmm. but the Dana account like and the Al account now, by strange coincidence, like they they wait, you know, and and they interact, and, and they like yeah. the interaction. 
So yeah, I That's will tell up. you this. So this is something I, I'm good with the Twitter, but not the Facebook. So I just launched uh, a podcast page and I don't mm-hmm. think it was out before my last podcast. The, uh, Aaron says what, uh, I guess it's a fan page, if you will. Cause I talk to these guys and I know you're in these groups now, like the loaded Joe's guys and whatnot. I like the loaded Joe group. That's, that's a really cool one. Cause that's exactly what I needed. I needed an MMA podcast group. They're the best. And yeah. I think out of all of them, they probably get the most downloads. And he's actually, you know, he's helped me tremendously and I'm trying to help him with his Twitter, Twitter presence as well. But he said he gets the most, it's, a, it's like anything else. It's a build, but he gets the most interaction from. His Facebook page and then doing video as well. So he's already and, doing the Skype. Go ahead. Yeah. And we we are planning very soon in the next couple of weeks to start uh videoizing our podcast. And right. it it's a really smart thing to do because let me tell you, with the uh hip hop project that I run rap rapid fire, uh what we do is or what we've been doing, we're kind of changing it up a little bit, but we've been bringing rappers into our studio we've been kind of filming if you've ever seen like a rap city in the basement or a sway in the morning freestyle basically just shooting them uh do a live song or a live verse from a few different angles and we've been pushing those mostly through facebook because the great thing about the facebook videos is it's a one click it's like a one click stop to share that video Mm -hmm. with everyone on your newsfeed, right and because of the way facebook generates views uh, you only need to watch a video for three seconds for it to count as a view. And Facebook videos autoplay to begin with. And it's a really good tool for pushing it out to a lot of people. So when we release these rap videos, you know, we sh- I share it. I, put, I post it on the page. Mm-hmm. I might run an ad on it. But I share it with all of my friends. Every uh, producer or camera person, and we got a crew about six people, will share it. The artist will share it. The artist's click will share it and the next thing you know you've got somewhere between eight to twelve thousand views on a video in a week wow because that autoplay is a really you know when you have a youtube link someone might click on it someone might not if you have a podcast link they have to be invested to look into it right. but think about how many times you just scroll down your news feed and you see a video of a cute puppy or something you just stop because it's already there yeah you're right man and it's a really good tool. I meant to touch on this earlier. You, you know, you say you just post the Lipson link, and I just post. You know, I, I host from Spreaker because they sponsor me. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, I found like the iTunes link. You know, I wasn't get much from it, so I do the one. You know, I do the one I can track. And I guess what I found is people are savvy enough now. They'll either a you know they'll just Google it on iTunes if that's the way they want to play it, or they yeah. use a third party app. Or they'll just directly send me a message like, "Hey, are you on Stitcher? Hey, you are you here?" And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm any platform basically. Yeah, that's what you got to do, right? You got to be accessible. Yeah, yep, yeah. But man, that's really good. Um, so now you're a freelance journalist. Does that mean so you don't get paid unless you get published? Uh, it's it's a weird. I mean, I don't know how much I I should and should not go into the uh way I get paid with ET Canada, for example, okay. but. Uh, generally speaking, because it's news, you be, because what we're writing, we, we're not really writing editorials. It's not like a magazine. We're writing news as it happens. Yep. And so I'm on an hourly wage with ET Canada. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and, but you know, the nice thing, and there are pros and cons to being a freelancer. Um, in, 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 in broadcasting and, and, and media, it's not actually that big of a deal in terms of job security because, Generally speaking, the, the the reason companies like to hire freelancers is because they are more flexible and they are less expensive. And so um, 
in I don't know what it's like down in the states, but in Canada, there's been a ton of cuts to media jobs, yeah. and a lot of contract employees are being replaced by freelancers. And so, I actually get way more work, I think, or I've been consistently. I've been with ET Canada for about a year and a half now, and every few months, my sort of weekly standard number of hours that I work has gone up because I'm more affordable and I'm more flexible. And, you know, you don't get benefits, uh, but things like vacation time, I don't get paid for vacation, but if I want to take a month off to Africa, I can do it. No problem. I just got to give them some notice. Yeah. I mean, benefits are, you know, benefits are a thing, you know, that's one of those deals where like you can kind of do that yourself and plan for retirement and and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of, don't count that as part of your salary or yeah, work for, sure. for someone that does it all for you. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of a catch 20 and people don't, sometimes they don't understand that. And, yeah. it, you know, I think when it comes to like the fighters and that sort of thing, I, I don't know anything, you know, I, obviously I don't have, you know, anyone in the race here for a union or not union, but mm-hmm. at the very least, man, something to educate these guys, you get a big lump sum of money, how much goes to taxes, how much goes to retirement, how for much sure. goes to your camp and, you know, and, and how do you manage that? And I, you know, that would be my worst nightmare is to be done fighting one day and just be out of money. Yeah, for sure. And you, I mean, I, I would like to hope most of these fighters are privy to it. And I would like to hope that even if they don't have like a good manager, that their coaches are giving them some advice. Yeah. But if you're paying for a camp, you should, especially considering uh, how little money most fighters make or even the fighters are making more money you should be able to write off basically everything that you do in preparation for your fight right yeah because it is all a business expense yeah um so yeah it's i'm still understanding it too like i i definitely read because this is my first i guess full calendar year in the workforce i have quickly realized that i need to hire an accountant for not not for my every day but definitely when for when taxes are due because it is more i i'm kind of privy i think to sort of the do's and don'ts and how to keep track of my own finances but man i tried to file my own taxes and uh figure out what my tax returns were and it was a huge complete mess wow. uh fortunately i didn't make that much last year but this year in particular <laughs> like you know i better off paying someone to help me out for a couple hours no I, I, it's true i mean you know there's there's you get to a certain age and you know these things get a little riskier and then you know you make a little more money and you got to you know factor in what what's your time worth and what what's your time worth if you got to go back and do it over again and or or pay a penalty you know so mm-hmm. that's what yeah. I Yeah I I get that and that's actually you know it's it's easy when you're a freelancer but you're 22 and you're still living at home Yeah um but I think that is one of the driving forces for why I try and do as much outside of my job as possible because if I do want a career in broadcasting I need to be at it all the time um and it's a fickle beast and i'm privy to that uh but you know like i'm hoping to get an agent by the end of the year i've got the podcast going on i work for a national company so it's just about i guess finding the balance especially like you know it's nice to like my girlfriend's a nurse um and yeah it's it's a wonderful job it's it's a lot of hard work and long hours but she kind of has that level of degree of comfort to know that most likely her job will always be in demand for her life throughout her lifetime. And the understanding that, you know, she, she has these certain health benefits and she's entitled to a raise on a regular basis um, and that she gets paid a salary. And for someone who is in a freelance 
job and a job that has a very quick turnover of hirings and firings, it's about finding the middle ground between not being too hard on yourself, but also always being privy to the fact that you need to stay a step ahead. And it's a hard balance to find. Wow. You're right, man. Absolutely. hundred percent. Are you, are you telling me you're only 22? I have, listen, I work at home by myself. I have a lot of time to think. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, for as young as you are, you're very natural and you're, and you're very mature. So I, I mean, well, I appreciate that. You, you, yeah. uh, you have a good, you know, you have a good start obviously. And, and you have a very good outlook of things and, you know, work hard while you're young, man. I mean, I'm, I think I'm literally twice your age. So, um, hey, you know what, Cajun, Cajun, I actually hadn't had this conversation about our, our respective ages. And he asked me one day and he, he had no idea he was spending up like an hour every week with someone who had, I don't know, a good 10 years. Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know how old Cajun is, but I think he's, he's I, definitely in his late twenties, not early thirties. No, he's I think five. he's in his thirties, man. I looked him up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's in his thirties. Yeah. So, and that's a nice thing, right? Like we got along and I think had age come up first, we might've not to say, I don't think Cajun is the type to, the type to have these preconceived notions about people, but it helps that I can give off the impression at least that I'm mature long enough for someone to get in bed with me, so to, so to speak. Uh, you had me fooled, man. <laughs> <laughs> just spend a bit more time with me. That impression will fade pretty quickly. Well, and, and, and check your sources, right? No, I'm just yes. kidding. It, but, Ooh, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, you, you got a good start, man. And uh, yeah, I wish nothing but the best for you. And, uh, you know, tell Cajun, uh, I owe him one, so you know well, he's got to fight. What, what other impressions? What other impressions can you do? God, or man. off the top, what are your best MMA impressions? Ah, uh, jeez. Okay, so I tried to do a Joe Rogan one time, <laughs> and I can kind of do him when he's excited. He's like, "Oh wow," you know that kind of thing. Yeah. But then I tried to get conversational. I'm like, "That's amazing." So <laughs> just always staying that really. And then, and then, but if it gets conversational, for some reason, I'm morphed into something else. It sounded like Gilbert Gottfried. And I'm like, so do you like to use the Southpaw or do you like to mix it up a little bit? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like you could probably pull off like a Freddie Roach if you tried. Oh, gosh. I, I, yeah, that would be a tough. I, I can I can talk a little bit like uh, GSP, you know, but sometimes the aliens come at night and I train very hard to beat Michael Bisping, you know. So I'm OK at some of these. But okay. by God, so, go ahead. No, no, please, my God! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I couldn't get Ally Coina, and I like I literally every time I was in my car, I was listening to his interview and trying to mimic him, and I just couldn't do it, no matter what. I, I have to tell you how much I appreciate the lengths you went to to make this as convincing <laughs> as you could, because this is remarkable. Well, I'm I'm a type A type of guy, you know. So <laughs> if I'm gonna do something, by golly. Uh, I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to give it, if I fail, it's going to be because I tried my best and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I just knew in the end, all parties would appreciate that. But, uh, uh, what other impressions can I do? I, you know, it's, it's mostly like people around my town, you know, the people don't know, uh, but you know, family members and and whatnot, you know, I used to be able to do a pretty good slice alone, you know, but it's not so good as it used to be. And so, you know, I always had one of, you know, if, if, uh, let's say Sly was in mixed martial arts, you know, you know, mm-hmm. it's not about how many times you get foot swept. It's about how many times you get foot swept and keep coming back, you know. Oh, so, that's pretty good. I you. think, I think we should have a few more of these on the podcast at oh, some point. 
Yeah, sure, sure. You bet, man. So you took age and I owe him one. So he's got a fight he wants to promote, and 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 I I I owe you guys a return visit too. I I would demand it. I think I think we have a good thing going here. <laughs> I do too, man. And I uh, I wish you nothing but the best. So and, and Cajun as well. You know, I, I have nothing against him. Clearly, I just uh, I met Al and. My God, and this whole deal was a lot of fun for me. Really. How did you? Before I know, I'm trying to wrap up. How did you think Cajun handled it all during the podcast? Because I think he was trying to. He says he's a chill dude. He kind of likes antagonizing people. Yeah. So like the conversation was very mature, but you could tell he was trying to get quote unquote Al angry. No, I got no, I got I got all the time in the world, man. So uh, here's the deal. I I think. He didn't realize, obviously, I wasn't Al, but he was trying to get a reaction out of me for sure. And then when he realized he kind of wasn't gonna, he kind of rolled it into the whole, uh, you know, would I be willing to talk to Congress? I'm like, sure, you know. (laughs) 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 And uh, but no, I I think you're right. I think he's he was definitely trying to get a reaction out of Al, and I'm sure that would have been quite a news bite had you have gotten. Oh, that's half the fun, right? Yeah, I knew I couldn't go crazy. You knew it. I mean, you guys would know if I start saying, you know, fuck you, fuck him, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna, and fuck Dana White. And I, I knew that I would just absolutely give me away, you know? Yeah. Because I guess he's seen Mad Al more than he's seen uh, Calm Al, so. Yeah. And, and that whole, uh, oh, and then who's the guy you had last week? Uh, uh, Cajun? No, no, yeah, on on your podcast. Last week, why am I drawing a blank suddenly? Uh, Mike Ricci, we had Mike Ricci yeah, last, yeah, and who addressed Al too. Al just Al's this popular guy, man. Yeah. We don't even try anymore. Yeah, I know. And I had a whole lot of fun, like when the whole Kevin Lee thing went down with, uh, you know, where he came after. Uh, no, no, no. He said something about Mike Kiesa's mom, and Mike Kiesa came after him. Mm-hmm. And I just told, uh, I think I said something to the fact like, uh, if you'd said something like that about Mrs. Iaquinta, you wouldn't have made it out of there alive or something like that. <laughs> So it's just a lot of fun, and people like to suspend disbelief. And and Al said it best. He goes, even though we're spilling it on this podcast right now, there's still going to be people coming every week. And and so oh, far that's sure. been the case. And it's been you know three weeks now. I dig it, man. You've got something good going there. Uh, you do. You guys do too. And you guys are uh, you guys seem natural together. Um, you guys are kind of short sometimes. So is, is that kind of is that the way you plan on doing it? Uh, you know, when we initially planned it, um, we intended the show to actually only be 30 minutes, um, mm-hmm. but we realized, you know, just something that you can listen to on the drive to work and be done by the end of it. Right. Um, but we, especially because there are so many long form podcasts out there, but we've kind of come to realize that like, it's, it's hard. We've got more, we got not so much we want to say. Right. And so we've been trying to hit the 45 minute mark. Yeah. Um, but part of that is also, you know, I, I and it's I, I have more confidence in it now because I think Cajun really enjoys doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got to make a little bit of a drive out to the studio. And oh. part of the package in convincing him to initially get on board, because, you know, he didn't know me until he started sitting down with me every week, is that I wanted to make this as easy and as, you know, have it interfere and impede on his life as little as possible. Because right. I do want this to go the distance so to speak and when you're asking someone to do something for free even though i think he's starting to see the benefits mm-hmm. um when you're making that initial pitch you want to make sure they're comfortable and that you're not wasting their time and so i think as the podcast starts getting more traction and starts getting more of a following 
we are definitely open to doing more shows because more shows means more sponsorship money, mm-hmm. means more content, it means getting your name out there more. But I don't want to rush it. I don't want to make him do more work than I feel is necessary for him to do until he can start seeing a proper return. Now, I guess my question is this then. So what happens when he's in a full-blown fight camp? Uh, you know, he was when we started the podcast, we recorded the first few episodes a couple weeks before he went out for uh, – his fight in Edmonton. And mm-hmm. so that wasn't much of a problem because the hard training had already been done. Right. Uh, we'll make it work either. I'm sure it, it really, I think including the drive, it probably it takes about two hours out of his week. Yeah. Um, if he really can't do it one week, we'll double up another week, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. And then, and then you're asking me, well, you kind of said something about the, the, the Google hangout thing. So um, I use the Google hangouts to make phone calls basically and mm-hmm. i'd run it through the same setup that i would set my skype up as you know so it's the same type of deal with the mics and the output and all that so what i found is i have some guests that absolutely hate skype or they want to talk to me when they're in their car or whatever so that that's helped me there so yeah that's a great tool we should look into that the only thing that bothers me on with skype is Especially for our guests who don't use Skype often, I don't want to run them through tech support, and that's how Skype cuts off one person's audio when people are speaking over one another, and that was a big problem for us the first few weeks, and we've since, you know, kind of, we've gotten better, both Cajun and I, at making sure we give the guests enough time to kind of get through their thought. Is this this because you're, you're recording through a Skype recorder? Uh, no, okay. we're not recording through a Skype recorder, but I think Skype's preset, preset voice settings are to mute one person while the other is speaking oh. or if you hit a certain peak. Um, and so we've noticed that with some of our guests more than others and, you know, phone calls are okay, but they, they sound kind of tunnely. Right. Uh, so it's been hard to find that balance, but I think we're getting there. All right. Well, Al, uh, Al was an actual phone call. I tried one way. I had I'd been wanting to try this setup for a while with the you know how you can if you have a Mac you can do the handoff thing from your iPhone and make a phone call that way and, <laughs> and I, none of this got recorded by the way so I'm just giving you free advice so <laughs> uh, within about ten minutes something happened and I got cut off so I had to go back to using Hangouts to reach yeah. out his phone and then it sounded pretty perfect after that so I like I like it so anyway man I I will keep you thank you so much um, no, for coming thank you. on man. Is there anything you'd like to get out there? You know, I keep it focused, man. If you can check out the Rage and MMA podcast, we release every Thursday around noon Pacific time, so like 3 p.m. Eastern. All right. Uh, I, I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think, I think it's got potential. I think we're starting. We get along really well. We have fun doing it. Yeah. Um, and we're open to feedback, man. Like if, if there's a community out there like the type that – you, Aaron, have fostered with like these vague accounts. Like we want to be part of it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, I, I love playing along. So uh, hit me up anytime. I have your number. I'll, I'll shoot you a text with with mine. That's usually the best way to get a hold of me. So I, I always feel bad if I don't answer somebody on Twitter a day or two later. So uh, sounds good, man. All right, man. Well, thanks again for coming on. Tell Cajun I said hi. No hard feelings. Cheers. All right, cheers. Thank you. Well, that was awesome. Like I said, I, I felt like I owed him one, and uh, we'll see where this relationship goes, and what a long way he's come for a 22-year-old, really, and uh, just his 
just his calm and uh, positive outlook on things will take him far. So mark my words, watch this guy. I will have the links to all of his, I guess, social media accounts and whatnot at the end of the show. So until next time, this is Aaron Weinbaum. Shalom. Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com. Are you looking for a permanent home for your podcast? Spreaker can do it all. Spreaker will give you your own RSS feed that you can submit to other platforms, including iTunes. Spreaker's mobile app lets you record from your smartphone, or you can use their web-based console with everything you need to record. Their podcasting plans include being able to host multiple podcasts, no extra charge. Have a YouTube channel? Spreaker has that covered. Effortlessly upload your podcast audio to your channel. You can even move your current podcasts to Spreaker without losing your current iTunes subscribers. Try any plan for free for 30 days using promo code ASW.